Hey guys, welcome to another virtual episode of Hope It Helps. My guest today has had a very interesting career and journey. She's a former military officer in the Royal Dutch Navy. She's been an award-winning government official. And as a result of her amazing work and success, she was then invited to enter the political arena where she served as a member of parliament in the Netherlands for three years. Along the way, she discovered that her true passion lies in creating human connection through dialogue. And as a result, she decided to create and launch her company, Dialogue Digital, which is an online platform where people can come together for intelligent conversations. During this episode, we discussed her journey of self-acceptance. She shares with us some life-changing insights and teachings from her experience as a master certified life coach. And we talk about the importance of self-dialogue and trusting our intuition, or as she puts it, our inner genius, in order to truly create the lives we want. And if you'd like to find out more about her experience, inquire about her services, or get in touch with her directly, you can always go to her website, listenthinkspeak.online. She has helped transform and coach thousands of people through her personal coaching, seminars, and workshops. She's been a keynote speaker at TEDx and multiple other events, and is an official representative and facilitator of Mind Valley's Global School for Humanity. I have personally learned so much from her and been able to get a whole new perspective on myself, on life, and on human connection. And as she says, the quality of the connection you create with another person is determined by the quality of the connection you have with yourself. And so always remember that your self-dialogue is not a destination, but a journey. Please welcome to the show, the amazing Miss Wasila Hachichi. Thank you, Khaled. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, yes. So I normally work from home. Okay. I have my own coaching space. So for me, a lockdown is not a big thing. <laughs> but sure. um, I, I totally understand that for a lot of people, being homebound is, is not an easy experience. But at the same time, let's be very grateful for these kind of opportunities to connect with each other from all around the world via technology. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Wasila, the reason I wanted to talk to you today, because I think you have a very interesting journey and story. Now, listening, uh, I already read your book, uh, Listen, Think, Speak. And to everyone listening, check it out. It's really, really interesting. If I, I was thinking about what would I have titled this story? And what I took from your story, that this was almost a journey of self-acceptance or learning how to, you know, accept yourself. And it was really interesting how you went through so many different stages of life and different career choices. And it was interesting what you had to go through to get to that point. So the question I wanted to ask you is, what was it that changed for you that you finally were able to fully accept yourself? And why do you think nowadays people struggle a lot with you know being accepted or feeling like we're not accepted in the world? Mm. Yeah, so... Well, let me start because all of us, it's all about where we were born, the people, the families that we were born in, where we grew up. And I'm, I'm a daughter of Moroccan immigrants in the Netherlands. Um, and I've been born with beautiful parents. I'm very grateful for them. But like I believe any immigrant parents, they were very into um, the mindset of you need to fight, you need to work hard. Um, you know, where some people are already very, uh, can be very confident when they get like 
um, six out of seven. I'm raised, it has to be 10 out of 10. So you need to, you need to, you need to work hard. You need to prove yourself. So that was the mindset that my parents had, which brought me a lot in life. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing to raise your kids that way, but at the same time, for me, I, it took me years to realize where my ambition, my drive, my motivation comes from. And in my journey, I realized at, at a point that all these successes, all these promotions, all these awards, all these moments of recognition, they weren't enough. So I was forced to start understanding why isn't it enough? Why do I still feel this, this sense of uh, I need to prove myself? And um, yeah, so like you said, the word self-acceptance is the key thing. And um, I don't believe it's only uh, in the life of immigrants or kids from uh, uh, immigrants. I think in general, we as human beings, um, when we grow up in our first years and, and growing up, we are at, at, in our life experiences, we are born as a perfect human being, just the fact that you're alive, but somewhere down the line, we get these, these holes inside of ourselves, made mm. by other people or experiences, or maybe made by, by ourselves. But I do believe that the journey in life is about discovering this and discovering that you can heal these wounds, these holes by yourself. And you can use also the word accept yourself because that's the essence. That's when you start feeling, ah, I am already a great human being just because I'm alive. I don't need to do or prove anything. And that gives you like a healthy starting point to start experiencing and exploring your life from a different perspective. But it all starts mm. with self-acceptance, yeah. Yeah, and something I find very interesting is that it's it blows my mind how so much of the things that happen to us as children still affect who we are today as adults. and. And we're not aware of it. That's the that's the also the interesting part. All these experiences, all this stuff, but you still hold on to things that experiences, like you said, or holes, as you put it, that happened to you maybe as a child that are still affecting you today. So, how do people, I guess, learn to become aware of those of the past and start addressing it in the right way? Yeah. So, I think most of us through life, you will experience and you will get to that point in which you start understanding. Um, trying to find fulfillment outside of yourself is, is not enough. It's not the key thing. Like I said, you at, you at some point we already know, because like I said, we are all born beautiful human beings. Think of the little baby that you hold in your arms, just born, just a couple of minutes. It's perfect, no? If you look at a baby, you don't tell them like, oh my goodness, you still need to walk, you need to go to school, you need to graduate. You, need, no, you, yeah, say, you say it's perfect. Mm -hmm. and, and we are still that baby. We're still a human being. So why aren't we seeing each other in this very healthy start base? Of we, are, we are actually perfect just the way we are. Because that gives you this, this, this health starting point in which you can experience life from a, different, from a different view, from different opportunities. I believe that's how you're supposed to live life. It doesn't mean a perfect life, but at least you're ready to take on what life is giving you and you're you're creating your own life as well. Um, I do believe that it's part of, um, um, because all of us experience the, 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 these holes, these, these lost, uh, loss of self-acceptance, and we try to refine it again. Um, I don't believe there are a lot of human beings who have 
like the self-acceptance never has been uh, um, uh, attacked or changed. So we all have these kind of uh, experiences. So I do believe it's part of life. I always I refer to the Dutch word for development. So if we talk about personal development, the word development in Dutch is ontwikkelen. And ontwikkelen, if I translate it literally in English, it means taking off layers. So okay. it's a beautiful word to, to summarize in terms of this journey of life that we are born, like, like I said, the perfect baby, we are born perfectly and then we are raised and there are layers put on top of us. And life is all about taking off the layers and going back to this core that you are, the perfect that you are, embracing yourself, loving yourself, self-acceptance. So what I'm trying to say as a starting, <laughs> starting comment is, I think it's part of the journey of life. It's development. It's going back to yourself, going back home to yourself. Um, so knowing that makes it already like, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. It's not that I shouldn't be experiencing a lack of self-acceptance. Embrace it because it's part of being alive. It's that journey coming back home to yourself. Um, having that said, I do believe that we are living in an era in which thanks to technology, there is a lot of information, tools, perspectives in the field of personal development. Personal development means every human being getting back home to themselves, living from this place of self-acceptance in which you actually live life the way you know it's supposed to be. All these tools, there are a gazillion ones, and I love technology because it makes everything available to us, whether you're in Dubai, Amsterdam, or in China. So you have these tools. I think it's only very important to realize having all these tools can, may feel overwhelming. And I do believe that all these tools are, are pointing to the same thing, helping you to get back home to yourself. So I always say, play around, read books, go to seminars, visit, uh, watch YouTube videos. Um, those are all, they're all pointing out to the same essence but one perspective resonates more with you than the other one. So playing around with personal development, reading books, getting inspired is discovering your way of going back home to yourself. And um, let me give you one final comment. Please, <laughs> it please. was one question, you know, and I give you like 10,000 answers. The more, the better. Please go ahead. <laughs> so the only thing that I do believe is very important to realize, so accept that it's part of life, the personal development part, Two, there is a lot out there. Play around till you find the perspective that resonates with you in this journey. And three, understand that when you read and you dive into personal development, you start knowing a lot. And knowing is great, but it doesn't mean your life is going to change. So exactly. watch out. Those are two different things. Knowing stuff and actually living what you're knowing. That's, that's if you know this difference, you understand it's important to take steps to accelerate the process from knowing to living. Because if it stays only here, it will dissipate. If you keep like 8% of what you know, it's already a lot. The rest will is gone. So make sure you understand that you need to start using what you know. And that's the, the field of coaching. Yeah, it's very interesting. And I relate to what you said more than you can imagine because I'm a person that gets 
motivated very easily. So, and I love learning, particularly anything to do with personal development. So you watch a talk, you're like, okay, I want to apply that. But then the next day I want to keep that going. So I'll watch another thing. So I've, like you mentioned, I've got all these tools, but I still feel like, oh, I haven't made progress because I haven't used any of the tools because like you said, it can be quite overwhelming as well. So how do you keep yourself motivated and start to apply the tools that you're actually learning? Because if you have too many tools, like you said, it's you can't plug them all in at once. It's just not going to work. Yeah. So how do you start you know, picking what to focus on or how to start applying the tools like you mentioned? Yeah. So there are two things. Let me start with the one which considers getting help from outside. So when you know the difference between knowing and actually living what you know, that those are two different things, you start realizing, ha, huh, I know this, but I still don't see changes. I'm still in this pattern that I know is not good for me, but I'm still doing it. So when you start catching yourself and understand there is a difference between knowing and actually living it, the first thing you can do is getting help from outside. I always say that's what coaching is. Coaching is not about getting people to know more because most of the time people know a lot. You already know a lot, but it's about getting things into practice. A coach is a person outside of you who makes that process go smoother, faster, and accelerating. So when I coach, for example, people, I coach in sessions. And in between sessions, I'm always 24-7 available. So I can tackle and have these breakthrough moments with, uh, with you to actually help you accelerate the, the process of putting things into your way. If we take away the coaching, you don't need a coach. You can do it by yourself. So it's not that it's impossible. You can do it by yourself. But I always say you need three ingredients. The first ingredient is give yourself space, which means like you have habits there that yeah. are wired into you by repetition. So you will need to create more and more inner space between you and the habit. And that can be a process. For a lot of people, it's a very difficult process, which is why they need a coach. But let the coach outside. It's, you need to create space for yourself. The second thing is give yourself a break <laughs> because it, you will fall in the pattern like a thousand times and you will need to be able to do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. Because it's a pattern. A pattern is there by repetition. So give yourself a break. It's not changed overnight. And the third time is what I, the third ingredient is what I call self-love. So loving yourself at such a level that you keep on going. So that's what, I, what you need in terms of how do I get from knowing into living it. Yeah. One thing I really loved about your why. So you wrote that the quality of the connection you create with another person is determined by the quality of the connection that you have with yourself. But this was the most interesting part for me. Your self-dialogue is not a destination, but a journey. That was really a big wake-up call for me because... I always feel like, and I think a lot of people do, when I'm trying to develop myself, I've, once I've reached a certain, I should reach a certain point and not think of these things anymore or not speak to this to myself in this way anymore. So why is it a journey and not a destination? Why is it important to remember that? Yeah, it's such a cliche when people say, you need to love the journey, not the destination. It's not saying that your destination, your goals are not relevant. But I think the mastery of life is start understanding the goals that you have are the five sensory goals in life. You want to see, hear, experience things in the world, in your life. But all these goals are in the end, behind them, there is a feeling that you want to experience. 
on a spiritual level, if, we can, if I can use the word spiritual, you want to feel stuff. Why do you want an amazing car, Ferrari? Because you want to feel something. And, and understanding that makes it, you're getting a more and more healthier relationship between your goals and you. So the destination and you. And when you start exploring that, that perspective, you start also realizing that, oh, when I get my goals, guess what? If I have the Ferrari, it's fun for a while, but I will have new goals. So the cliche, life is a journey, is, it, it is. It's so true if you don't only know it, but you actually understand it. That's all you have. The goals, even if you reach them, you need to let them go and you will have new ones. Reach them, let them go. You have to. So the destination is always going to be determined. If you get from A to B, you want to go to C. If, you want to, if you're at C, you want to go to D. So it's very tiring if you make the destination the goal. Not only tiring, it's also disappointing because when you get there, you're happy for a while and then you're like, okay, what's next? Start starting to embrace and understand that it's that journey to get to the destination, that's the fun thing. You can use also the metaphor of going on a holiday. If you book your holiday, you start, for my case, or you're from Dubai, you start from Dubai, you wanna go to New York and you come back home to Dubai. If you keep on holding on to the destination as the most important thing, you say, okay, I start in Dubai and I end in Dubai. So why bother going to New York? Okay, interesting. But, but in, when you book a holiday, you actually love the journey to New York and you know that destination is going to be home again. <laughs> that's a nice metaphor to start realizing, okay, it is about the destination. You, see, yeah. you know it when it comes down to your holiday, but it actually is actually regarding your life in general. It's the journey. It's the journey. It's the journey. Yeah. I think that's something really important for people to remember, especially when you are trying to make changes and, you know, become the person you're trying to become rather than just achieving the goals you're trying to achieve. I think it's important to remember that um, what I've learned a lot in my personal development experience is that mindset is everything. I swear to God, like the awareness and to keep yourself, you know, looking at things from a different perspective, trying to find the positives as well. And one thing that was interesting in your story is that when you went, when you set off and started Digital Dialogue, you said that when you left uh, politics and you didn't ask for anyone's approval that you felt calm a sense of calm and that was interesting to me because I feel like when you're making such a big change like that there's a lot of uncertainty and anxiety and you're leaving something that you've known for quite a while and you were successful and so could you walk us through you know that experience and how you felt during that time yeah so, so what a lot of people know about me as I had a background as a military officer an award-winning government official, and I became a politician. I became a member of parliament in the Netherlands. But what a lot of people don't know about me is that in that moment, in the political arena, I have searched for six years. But after one year already, I was energy drained. Why? Because it was for the first time. I had all these, like I said, daughter of Moroccan immigrants, all these promotions. I was successful. I was an example. And, and I was asked to join the political arena. So it was a huge honor. But when I was there, it was for the first time that I was in an environment, a political game, which is universal in Dubai or in the Netherlands or in the US. Of course, there are differences between countries, but the essence of politics is the same. Political arena was the first arena that didn't mold with me. It didn't adjust to me. I needed to change. So mm. it resulted in energy drain in less than a year. And the energy drain was on the inside. 
I've been a military officer, so no complaining. You go and you put your mask on <laughs> and you go. So the energy drain was on the inside. And for me, it was in less than a year, I felt like on a Sunday morning, one day on the other, it felt like a, a shift in, in one time. I felt so lost. Literally, I, I was forced to ask questions like, who the F am I? Mm. Why am I here? And, and it was the most painful moment in my life, but also the most powerful one because I started asking these fundamental questions. And it was the birth of what I call now my passion for dialogue. And I, when I use the word dialogue, it's in the definition of human connection. Because in the political arena, I, I had a severe lack of human connection. I felt so lost that I even lost the connection with myself. There was no human connection with others and I start losing my own connection. And that's why I always talk about, ooh, my, my realization doesn't come from a knowing, from a feeling experience. I lost the connection with me and therefore I could totally see how the lack of connection was with other people as well. And that was my journey, which resulted in a foundation, which is called Dialogue Digital. We did a crowdfunding. It was all in my time as, as, as a politician. My political time in these six years, um, I rediscovered my own talent, but I was still challenged because it's still an arena that wants me to change. And um, I had the biggest fight that I could have internally. That... Uh, the, the, the daughter of Moroccan immigrants who feels like it's an honor to be a member of parliament, who wants to prove, who wants to be accepted in combination with this growing knowledge of my own gift, of my own um, passion to bring back human connection in my own life, in the political arena, everywhere where I get. And those two vasilas, if I can call them this way, started to grow and, and, and to ask and to pull me in which direction I should go. A lot of things happen. So you can read, read my ebook for the whole detailed story, but in a nutshell, it, it comes down to when I had the guts to stand up and, and make the change because I felt like, I'm not saying politics is bad and I would never wanna go back to politics, but I felt because of the change that was happening inside of me, I needed to understand and embody the change before I can talk and share it with other people. And I felt I needed to get out of the political arena to get some fresh air, to, mm -hmm. to discover this. So my need to leave was so big. And long story short, I can give you 300 reasons or just one. There was no support for me to leave. So this, this stay, go, stay, go was so huge. And I, when I got to the point in which I had the courage to choose for my intuition, for my own self, my true self, it took me like three years, but when I was able to, to put um, deed with my word, I never felt so clear-minded, so calm. That's the word that I use in my book as well. Because when you start choosing and listening to your own inner compass, you can use the word intuition. We all have an intuition. The only difference is how strong is yours, and you can train your intuition. But when you start living from the, from the intuitive place, your mind, your thoughts are still there, but they become softer and they become more a servant of you. Mm. And that's what happened when I stepped outside of the political arena. I really felt like I, I, I could um, see my life from a healthy distance. Instead of being afraid what other people were thinking of me, I felt like I'm not changed. I'm still the award-winning government official. I'm still the naval officer who did a great job. 
I didn't change. So if I was loyal to myself, people can smile at me or people can throw stones or they can call me names. It's all perception. And, and that was such a huge transformative journey for me that I still thrive on till today. And it has been now more than four years ago. Wow. That moment gave you that much, you know, I guess, motivation and energy to continue doing what you're doing till today. That's amazing. And coming back to the self-acceptance as well. Because yeah. what I did there was I only need my own acceptance. Um, I want you to take me take you back to that uh, morning when you were jogging and Killer was running at you. <laughs> and you, uh, you mentioned uh, the realization that you had after that was that you're willing to fight for yourself or you had the ability to fight for what you want. Yeah. And I think a lot of people nowadays when they, you, you finally understand, I think, what your passion is and what you want to do in your life. There's so many voices around. There's external world telling you that it can't happen and stuff and, you know, fear and uncertainty. So how did you or how do you begin to believe that, you know, I can, you know, to fight for myself and for what I believe? And, you know, despite everything, all the thing obstacles that might be there, how do I, you know, start overcoming those? Yeah. So I always say, like, um, we all have our own journey, our own journey in life different stories, but I do believe we have a lot of similarities in terms of the transformation that you make in your life. We all recognize each other in the pain, in the struggle, or in the aha moment. So the story can be different, but we have the same kind of experience as human beings. Um, having that said, I do my killer story, for those of you who haven't read my book, in a nutshell, it was, um, I've been attacked by a dog. And for me, that experience fighting a dog off um, was my survival mode, which totally brought my inner instinct totally up front. And I experienced more like awakening shift. And I always say you can learn through ways. Life teaches us in two ways, through pain <laughs> or with aha, like, oh, amazing insight. And, and a lot of us, I've been one of them, I needed the pain to wake up, to start feeling like, oh my goodness, what have I have I been sleepwalking? Uh, for some people, for me, it was a fight with the dog. For some people, somebody dies they love, or the relationship somebody breaks up with you, or you're gonna divorce, or something painful happens, and you feel like life is smacking you in the face, so you wake up. And for some people, it's just aha. So I'm not saying you need pain to grow, but most of us experience pain before they have the really transformation. Um so I would say if I stay to the metaphor of pain and aha, like the fun way of learning, the pain will find you. So don't worry. Life will throw at you till you have the pain <laughs> and you have your transformation. So don't, don't look for a dog to fight with. <laughs> but the aha moments is something you can do. So that's where we get to the field like take with this corona time in which you're locked down, for example, or even if there is no corona. Take more time with yourself. Have some quality time with yourself. So you create more aha moments for yourself. The more you tune in into yourself, getting out of your head. For some people, it's meditation. For other people, it's praying. For other people, it's reading a book or just having your coffee and nothing in the early morning. It doesn't matter what you do. As long as you have this quality time with you in which you feel like your mind is soft, in which you feel more. You're more in your body. Those are the moments in which you enhance the chances that you have more ahas. Mm. Some people say that those are the moments you're creative, your genius is flowing. 
Because when you have these moments, you're out of your head, you connect the dots in different ways. You look differently. You think differently. When you, the more you have of those, the more aha moments, the more aha moments, the more you're accelerating your growth. And for those of you who feel like, oh, aha is a lot of work, well, wait for the pain that life is going to serve you. <laughs> uh, uh, definitely, I can speak from experience that the pain will find you. I think you said that very, very well. Um, one thing you mentioned earlier about you had so much clarity when you started to listen to your intuition and started to listen to that inner voice that you have. So how do people start, I guess, being aware of their intuition, dialoguing with it and learning to trust it? Because, you know, our mind very easy to play tricks on us to tell us one thing. We don't believe it and so on. So I'm curious to see how what you think about that. So the beautiful thing is every human being has an intuition. It's already there. Even if you think like, I don't know if I have it, maybe mine is off. Everybody has it. It's always on. The only difference between human beings is how strong is yours. And I always say the good news, you can train it. If intuition is like a muscle, as if we use that metaphor, you can train the muscle. Another way to, to say it is you can pump up the volume of your intuition. How you can see your mind, um, a lot of people use the word ego, mind, thoughts. Keep it simple. I, I love simple. So um, I always see the mind just like a dog. So a dog wants to be your best friend. But a healthy dog is only happy and healthy if they have a boss. If you really look at people who own a dog outside, a healthy dog makes eye contact with their boss. If there is no boss in a dog's life, a dog feels he needs to control. He needs to take over charge because nobody's doing it. So he needs to have this sense of safety. That's why dog becomes, a dog becomes, becomes aggressive or bites. It actually says more about the lack of a real boss in their life. Your mind is just like that dog. Your mind wants a boss. And the boss is basically you, the intuitive you. When there is a boss in the house, your mind becomes your best friend. So you can direct your mind. You can say, literally, this thought is not serving me. I'll give you another one. And that's when the, the intelligence, the intellect, the beauty of our mind is actually serving us, which can do amazing things. But you need to have a boss. <laughs> For a lot of people, they, they are not aware of the difference between their mind and their intuition. So it feels like a spaghetti. So uh, their journey is to start creating more space so they can start recognizing this is intuition. Ah, and this is my mind. The first thing, the easiest thing you can do to start get that process inside of you happening is what a lot of people call meditation. Meditation is just like the word sport. You can jog, you can swim, you can run, you can play karate, whatever it is. So meditation as a word doesn't say much, but it all points out to the same thing. So there are a thousand ways to meditate. Even sitting down and walking with your dog, the dog is coming back again every single time. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> so even sitting with your cup of coffee, not doing anything, or closing your eyes, or dancing, or running, whatever it is for you, that's meditation. The moment when you get out of your head and you tune in. So that's the easiest thing to start doing more. Having that quality time with yourself. Have that more. That's the first step. I call it easy step that you can take 
to start experiencing a spaceness between your mind, your thoughts, and you, your intuition. That's the, that's the process to start pump up the volume of your intuition and put your mind softer, 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 so it can start listening to you more. The first thing you can do. And the second thing you can do is, if you're ready for it, is to do an intuition training, which is like a boot camp for two days for your intuition. So that's another way to accelerate that process. It's actually in a boot camp for two days of intuition training. The volume of your intuition goes up. If it was whispering to you, so you could hear it. It's with the intuition training. It's it screaming. Goes up. Yes. Well, not scream. It's not screaming, but it's so clear. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's as if the spaces between your mind and your intuition is like, oh, wow. So it goes faster than if you would do it on your own. But those are like the easiest and very clear steps to take to start experiencing your intuition more consciously because it's there. Just listen. Yeah. I think that's super interesting. And I think a lot of people listening to this will probably haven't thought of it in that way. So I love the distinction between that. It could be just the volume or, you know, you can actually something that you can train as well. So it's something that everyone can work on. I wanted to come back to your coaching because I th life coaching is something that I find fascinating to me, that the whole concept behind it. And between digital dialogue or dialogue digital, sorry, and, you know, your Mind Valley speaking and your coaching with that, I'm curious to hear from you. What have you learned about people over the last few years, given, you know, all the people you've coached and you've spoken to and all these experiences that you've had? Ah, the most beautiful thing is, um, and it's basically what I said with intuition, we are all wired in the same way, which makes it also in my process and growing also as a coach, um, I really feel the, um, how similar we actually are. You can be born and raised in Dubai or in Amsterdam or in Africa or wherever we are, we as human beings, as a species, we are wired in the same way. We all have a genius, an intelligence, intuition, however you want to call it. So what I believe is the most beautiful thing is, is to support because people don't need help. It's basically more reminding them. I always say, if there is a coach who tells you, I can help you, I know your answers, I will run away. <laughs> a real coach is someone who actually helps you to remember, helps you to Put, like if there is a light switch to put on because it's so dark and you don't know where to go, what a coach does is take your hand and bring you to the light switch so you can touch it and then you can turn the light on yourself and you understand what you need in your life. So in that journey uh, that I had as a coach, I, I, I knew it already, but even more I'm celebrating the fact that we, we as human beings all have our, our gifts, our talent, our intuition, our genius, and when we start living from that place, we come up with creative ideas, services, products as entrepreneurs or working in a company. It doesn't matter what you do. When you start living from that place, oh boy, that's fun. It's fun to be with you in one space. It's fun to work with you. And I really believe that that's the process that we as humanity are in. Why is personal development so, so, so popular now? Because of the fact that more and more people are waking up. They're waking up and realizing, oh, I'm living from my mind. I know I'm supposed to live differently, but I don't know how, and I'm frustrated, which means you already know. So you, do, you just need someone to remember you, to show you where the light switch is. 
And that's what coaching is. So it's so rewarding. And at the same time, every single time I'm pointed down to the true fact that we are the same. You are the same as I am. I'm doing different things with my genius, but you have a genius as well. And you're doing beautiful things with your genius. So yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I think that's also the part of, so people, some people say to me, you're, you're humble or you're like, but it, it's not about, I don't know what the word humble exactly means. It's not about being humble. It's actually recognizing the genius that you have is in the other person as well. So there is no difference. Mm. Ah, that's really, really interesting. Um, I remember the coaching session that we had a lot, actually, because I, and I still think about it till today because it was such a, a wake up call for me when you had you had the pen and you're like, this is a wand and I waved it and now you have everything that you want. What do you feel? What do you think? And I remember very clearly saying, oh, I, I'd like to have this. I want you kept come, forcing me to come back like, no, 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 you have this. You have it. Like I wave the wand, you have it. And that's something that I think a lot of people struggle with, including myself. I'm still working on it, you know, being in our present state and our desired state. Yeah. So from the NLP course that I've done, what I learned is that we all have the res we all have the resources we need. We just might need to figure out the right, you know, strategy to get there. So how do you or what would you say to someone who's maybe not happy with where they are right now and you know they want to be somewhere else? What would you say? What would you say to them? It's understanding that it's all about feelings. Every goal, every change you want to see and perceive with the five senses, seeing, hearing, smelling, touching, everything you want to see and experience and that you can translate in a goal. I want this differently in my life. You want it because you want to feel something. You want it because of a feeling. And understanding that everything in life is about the feeling behind it and understanding that the feeling is already available to you. And let's add one more understanding to it. And understanding that everything is created from a feeling place, that's all you need to know. And what I mean by that is start realizing that everything is about feelings and feelings are already available to you. You can give yourself, when you have this quality time with yourself, every single feeling that you want to feel. You want to feel successful? You don't have to wait till you have a thriving business. You can feel successful now. And understanding this and giving yourself this feeling helps you to become the person that you want to be. Well, let's put it more accurately, to be the person that you really are. And as a consequence, you start looking differently. You start seeing opportunities that are outside of you every single time. But now you actually start seeing them and acting on them, which helps you to create your goals more easily. But you're not needing your goal because the feeling is already in place. I always say the five sensory world, how we see things around us, is the past because it starts with the sixth sense, the feeling, the intuition. And little children are great reminders for us as adults. We have been a child ourselves. We naturally know that feeling is the first thing and then you explore the world five sensory. But somewhere down the line when we grow up, we flip the chart. And another way to look at personal development is reflipping the chart back, feel first, and then explore, and then you create more easily. Yeah. Ah, uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm having a coaching session right now. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, I know we don't have too much time, Basila, so I wanted to, you know, make the most of the last little bit. 
Um, I had just one last question because this is something that I've been talking to a lot of people about and something that I truly believe, but people have different perspectives on it. So I'd like to hear yours. Mm -hmm. You're trying to, you believe that you can change the world one conversation or one dialogue at a time. That's what you say. And that's something I believe as well. If you can have an open and honest conversation with someone, you can always learn something and get a new perspective. And you mentioned that, but to do that, you have to bring your bring your fullness to the conversation and be vulnerable. And I think vulnerability is a very tricky topic. I fully believe in vulnerability. I see it as a shield of armor that I wear if I can be vulnerable with another person. But some other people might perceive it, you know, as a weakness or, you know, as, uh, you know, I don't know how to put it into words, but they don't see it in the same way that you do. So what would you say about vulnerability and then just the last little message that you might have for people to take home with them today one little big message (laughs) a little big one (laughs) well it's it's like um when i use the word dialogue as a definition of human connection the quality of the dialogue the quality of the the connection you can make with another human being is based on the connection you have with self that's why one of the pillars of dialogue between people is the self-dialogue Vulnerability gets into that picture. Why can you be vulnerable when you're in connection with another human being? Is because you have a great connection with yourself. So you don't see vulnerability as something that's bringing you in a dangerous position. So I would rather say it's about focusing on how are you connected with yourself? What, are, what do you have there? How self-aware are you? Do you feel like you can give yourself self-love and compassion. Because if your answer is yes, if the connection with yourself is is powerful, if your self-dialogue is strong, the same thing, I'm just using different words, but it's the same thing that I'm saying over and over again. The more stronger your self-dialogue, the better your powerful your connection is with you, the more you can be vulnerable, the more you can bring to the table with the other person. So that's tied together. The level of connection with you determines how well and qualitative the quality is in when you interact with other human beings. And don't forget, when it comes down to a dialogue, you need only one person. Of course, you can put two people, but you have, you have to have one person who grabs the notion of self-dialogue and how you bring yourself to the table. And the other person, that's how we as human beings are wired, will we'll consciously or unconsciously make the movement so the dialogue can go to the next level and next level and next level. But we all actually need only one person who grabs the notion of human connection, of dialogue. And don't forget, self-dialogue is fundamental. I think it's really an eye-opening experience for me to, I haven't looked at vulnerability that way before, that it's it's not about sharing your feelings necessarily, but it's about you know, developing that connection with yourself. I think I've had it flipped the other way around. So it's a very interesting way to look at it. I'm going to be thinking about this for a long time now. Especially (laughs) if you feel like a vulnerability, I don't know, I still don't feel comfortable. It's about just exploring your connection with self. So do you have something you want to heal? Is there something? Because the more you have this, the easier for you vulnerability becomes. Whatever association you have now with the word, it becomes something you do naturally because you're having your strong connection with self.
I'm going to stop now. I can talk for hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Uh, Wasila, I wanted to say thank you so much for your time and for coming on the podcast. I've been really looking forward to this. Uh, I really appreciate it. And to everyone listening, uh, I think there's definitely something you can take from this conversation. And if you want to you know, follow Wasila, get in touch with her, just go to listenthinkspeak.online. Yes. Uh, or, you know, you can find it through Mind Valley, and I'll put some links in the show descriptions. Uh, any last words, Wasila? <sighs> well, my last word would be take care of your self-dialogue so we can have amazing dialogues all over the world, online or offline. Because I think we don't only share the story of humanity, of being a human being, a life story, um, but connecting with each other is the key in many levels. So let's stay connected, just like we did now, Khaled, here yeah. online. Yeah. Let's stay connected, guys. <laughs> Thank you again for your time, Wasila. I really appreciate it. Thank you for everyone for listening. And as always, hope it helps. Peace.